Thank you for listening to the Adult and Teen Challenge of the Upper Cumberland podcast. A message from Pastor Tim McLaughlin. 1 John chapter 5. 1 John 5, 4. It says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Now the New King James Version, that's what I'm reading out of, says whatever. The King James Version says whatsoever means each and every, all, the whole, every one. No matter Jew or Gentile, black or white, Hispanic, Asian, Arabian, whatever you are, this scripture says whoever, whatsoever, you. You put your name in there for I am born of God, therefore I overcome the world. How do I overcome the world? Through faith. I'm just so stirred right now that we need to be overcomers if not the fear of being overcome is there. We can be doing all kinds of great things for the kingdom of God and be overcome. We, when, you know, I, I hear the news about all the ministers that are, that are falling from ministry on a regular basis. And they say things like burnout. I, I don't, I don't understand burnout. Now, let me just tell you, burnout means you're not spending time in the word. Burnout means you're not spending time with the man. You're not spending time with God. Burnout means that, that you've been overcome instead of becoming an overcomer. And we want to be overcomers. With everything that's going on in the world today, we need to be overcomers. If you are born of God, if you are born again, if you're filled with His Spirit, if you're filled with the Spirit of the living God, that, that Greek word right there, God, for, for whatever is born of God, that Greek word is the same Greek word that we find in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, where it says, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. So whoever is born of God, God with us, overcomes the world. We could say Yahweh, Jehovah, um, you know, the, the one true God. What, what is He to you? Who is God? Is He your deliverer? Is He your strong tower? But if you are born of God, if it's God with us, if you truly believe that it's God with you in everything that you say and everything that you do, then you can overcome the world. John chapter 20 verse 22 said, when, when Jesus had said this, He breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. When they received the Spirit of God into them, we are a created being that is longing for our Creator. And the reason people end up on drugs and alcohol and people end up being overcome is because they're trying to fill that round-sized shape with a square peg. We need the breath of life. We need God living in us. God with us. So if you're born again, if you're filled with the Spirit, if you've got the living God inside of you, not the, not the lie of Muhammad, not the lie of Buddha, not the lie of Baal, but you've got the almighty maker of heaven and earth living within you and dwelling with you, you're an overcomer. You have the tools to be an overcomer. Christians, hold fast to your faith, even unto death, against the power of your foes and the temptations and persecutions. Go with me to Matthew chapter 24, verse 4. 
Matthew 24, verse 4 says, Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilence, earthquakes in various places. All of these are the beginning, it's the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. I think we see that today. Because lawlessness is abounding. Lawlessness is abounding. But it says right here, it says, when this lawlessness begins to abound, the love of many will grow cold. Who's the many he's talking about? The church. The church. They begin to grow cold. But verse 13, look at this. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the king will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. But we need to understand, the Bible says that, that not till then will the end come, when the gospels went forth. But the problem is, as we're getting to that point, the church is growing cold. The church is growing cold. We need to be out there ministering the gospel to everybody else, but yet we're sitting in here and we're the ones growing cold. Romans chapter 12, verse 21 says, Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. The church is being overcome by evil. We're allowing the lawlessness to creep into the church. You know what the sad thing is? But, but back, back in those days, do you know what the, the divorce rate outside the church was? 52%. You know what the divorce rate inside the church is? 53%. The divorce rate is people that are struggling with depression. It's worse in the church than out of the church. We can't be overcome with evil. We need to overcome evil with good. Let me share this with you. I'm a, I'm a big numbers person. I like stats and statistics and all these things. Today, the population of the world is 7 billion. Of that 7 billion, 2 billion around the world are Christians. Around the world, 7 billion people on the planet, only 2 billion of them are professed Christians, according to a study by the Pew Forum. That same study showed that in 2010, 31.5% of the world's population were Christians. Okay, so four years ago, 31.5%, let's just say 32% of the world's population We'll round up, give, give Christians satisfaction, right? So 32% in 2010 of the world's population were Christians. 23% were Muslims. 15% were Hindu and 16 were not affiliated with any religion. Today, four years later, 2014, just looked it up on the news today. 28% of the world claims to be Christians and 29% claim to be Muslims. We have decreased and they have skyrocketed. Why? We've been overcome instead of being overcomers. What about the United States? You say, well, that's the world. 
You know, we live in a, a Christian nation. I mean, it even says so up on the square. You know, in God we trust, right? Right about the United States. Population in the United States is 317 million. 83% of the people in the United States say that they're Christian because we live in a Christian nation. But only 37% of that 83% that say they're Christians, only 37% say that they're born again, according to ABC News survey. Only 37% of those that claim to be Christians are really born again. In other words, only 37% of those that say they're Christians probably attend church and read their Bible on a regular basis. But yet, Argentina and Africa, go back to 1 John 5, 4. It says, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. You want the victory to overcome? You want to be an overcomer? Where's your faith? In Matthew, in, in, in that scripture, in verse 20, uh, chapter 24, verse 13, he says, But he who endures to the end, he who endures will be saved. When things get a little tough, serving God is not easy, but we endure. The Bible says to endure means bearing pain, hardships, despite fatigue, despite stress, despite adverse conditions, despite trials. The Christian must endure to the end to be an overcomer. If you're going to endure all of these things, in order to endure all of these things, 1 John 5, 4 says you must have faith. You must have faith. What is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the promise of things not yet seen. Hebrews 1.1. Everybody knows that, right? This is how I explain faith. Have you ever seen Jesus? Anybody in here ever seen Jesus? But you believe that He is. Anybody in here ever been to heaven other than that little boy they're making a movie about? Anybody? But you believe that it's there. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the promise of things not yet seen. What are the promises? We're going to talk about some of those. Faith is understanding. I believe in the promise more than I believe in the circumstance. Listen to this. Faith. How important is faith in our Christian walk? Well, for those of you that have your King James Bible, 336 times it says faith. I've got a new King James Bible 379 times. The New American Standard, 347 the NIV 422, American Standard 378, and the list goes on and on. I would say if faith is in there that many times, that's probably pretty important. I think God's trying to point something out to us that we need to have faith. So the Bible dictionary says faith is allegiance to duty or a person, fidelity to one's promises, sincerity, intentions, belief and trust, and loyalty to God. Faith is a firm belief in something for which there is no proof. Complete trust in something that is believed with strong conviction without question. Faith has to do with your relationship with God, not your circumstances. Faith has to do with your relationship with God, not your circumstances. Your circumstances, remember, God can create, God did create you. The devil can cause trials to come. But if your faith is in God, those trials are temporary. We have a greater promise in an everlasting, an eternal life. 
I'm putting my stock in that. The Bible says that this life is but a vapor. We need to endure. You know, I think about Peter and, and I think about his faith walk. And I go over to, to where him and Jesus were having this discourse about, Peter, do you love me? And they're going back and forth. And, and finally, Peter gets a hold of it. And Jesus tells him, he says, Peter, he says, someday you're going to go where you didn't want to go. They're going to lead you. And he's telling Peter about how he was going to die. And Peter was crucified upside down. They wanted to crucify him right side up, but he said, I can't do it because that's how they crucified my Lord, if you read church history. So they turned him upside down and they crucified him upside down. And he went the whole way proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. They were putting nails in his hand and he was proclaiming Jesus. Paul was beheaded and proclaimed Christ all the way to the end. James was beheaded and proclaimed Christ all the way to the end. We have a couple bad days, lose our job, get a little bit sick, and man, our faith will drop just like that. Go to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 through 19. It says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with all might through His Spirit in the inner man. Verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, and height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Are you filled with the fullness of God? Most of us probably not. We still have room to grow and learn. But as you get filled to the fullness of God, it ought to spew over on others that you're around. But it takes faith. To overcome in this life, you have to have faith in God. To have faith in God is to be filled with the fullness of His promises. To be filled with the fullness of His promises is not to waver based on circumstances or situations, but to believe what you believe no matter what. He who endures to the end will be saved. But you have to endure. You know, my life's not been perfect. I've had struggles, but this is what I know. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He changes not. He doesn't lie. His Word is truth. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20 says, For the promises of God are in Him, yes and amen to the glory of God through us. To the glory of God through us. Do you bring glory to God in everything that you do? Colossians 3.17 says, Everything we do in word and deed, right, should be done as unto the Lord. Do you bring glory to God in your life? When trials come, when things aren't going right, can you still stand there and give glory to God? But the deal is this. What, what do, instead of me asking you, because of course we want to say, well, yeah, I bring glory to God. Let me ask those that know you and around you. How about I go to your workplace and I ask those that work with you? What are they going to say about you? What are they going to say about me? I mean, we can wear our finest clothes, carry our nice Bible, and we can come in here and we can praise God, but what do they say about you out there? Does it, does it edify? Does it bring glory to God? 
Will people that you work with, will people in your family, will people around you say, if somebody asks, what do you know about that person? Man, all they do is talk about God. I mean, they, they have a bad day and they, they praise God. Things don't go their way and they're praising God. They pray over their meals. They're praying all the time. All they do is just thank God for this, thank God for that. Is that what people say about you? I hope so. And what do people say about you? I want to bring glory to God. My, my life is not a better... I mean, it's just not rosy. Things happen. But even during trials and tribulations, can you endure to the end? Can you be an overcomer in Christ? So what are the promises of God? What are the things that we need to be grounded and rooted in? What are the things that needs to be our foundation that no matter what, we, we stick to these. And these are just a few. We can go on and on. And Some of the promises. Number one, healing. 1 Peter 2.24 For He Himself bore uh, on His body His stripes. Okay? By His stripes we were. Say were. Now I'm not a very good English student, but that's past tense. We were healed. What do you proclaim when you get sick? But you know, we, we're, we're a physical, we're a, we're a, we're a being. I mean, some it's allergies and some of us get colds and I mean, things happen. But what do you believe about God? You were healed. That's His promise. Do you stand on His promise? What about your finances? Psalm 37, 25 says, Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken nor his descendants begging bread. My kids do not have to beg for anything because my wife and I trust in the promises of God. Psalm 50 says he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. I mean, if he's got it, John 16, 15 says all things that the Father gave to the, to the Son, and then the Son turned around and declared it to us. So if he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, he gave it to the Son, and when the Son ascended to the Father, guess who got it? I got it. It's mine. Now, I don't know what a cattle on a thousand hills looks like, but I know my bank account is not empty. What do you believe about finances? What about wisdom and knowledge? Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 through 10 says, For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you be filled with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful, being fruitful, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Are you increasing in the knowledge of God? Because if you are, you're going to be fruitful in every good work. God will take care of you. God will give. I didn't have a clue. When I left Trinity and, and was getting ready to go open up Teen Challenge, I said, brother, do you know what you're going to do? I said, no. But he does. And I trust him. We're going to trust him. What do you stand on, folks? What do you believe? Because if you don't have a conviction, if you don't believe in the promises of God, if you're not rooted and grounded in his word, if you do not have faith, you will be overcome by the things of this world. They will drag you down. But if you understand the promises of God and you proclaim the promises of God, if you put scriptures around your wall and you proclaim those words, you will build your faith. And I promise you the gates of hell cannot prevail against you. That's the word. Do you want to be an overcomer? you got to have faith. Do you want to have endurance? you got to have faith. Do you want your household to have abundance you got to have faith. John 10, 10 says, I've come that you'd have life and have it more abundantly. I walk in the abundant life. 
1 John chapter 4, verses 4 and 5 says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are of the world, therefore they speak as of the world, and the world hears them. What does the world hear about you? Because if you speak of the world, you've become the world. And that's what the world wants to hear. Or do you speak of the things of God? Romans chapter 12, verse 2 and 3. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I love that. But then verse 3 says, for I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, to everyone who is among me, okay, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think soberly. For God has dealt to each one of you a measure of faith. What's your measure? I don't know, but he's dealt you one. The Bible's truth. So, so we talk about this at Teen Challenge. All of us are leaders. Everybody in here is a leader. Now, you may be a follower, but there's probably somebody behind you. So you're a leader. You have to make a choice. Which way are you going to lead? Because, I mean, you can lead people to Christ. You can lead people to godly things. Or you can lead people away by your conversation. Well, you've been given a measure of faith. It's the same thing. You can either increase your faith or you can become like the world and you can decrease your faith. God has given you a measure and He desires us not to be conformed to the things of the world, but to grow in the wisdom and the knowledge of Him. But we have to make a choice, church. Because if we're not growing, if we're not praying, if we're not studying, we're going to be just like the world. And we don't want to be like the world. We need to rise above and we need to lead the world to greater things. The only thing greater than faith in the whole Bible is love. 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says, Now by faith, hope, and love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. But let, let me share this with you about the Word of God. Love is the greatest. We have to show love. But the only way for us to show godly love is to have faith. I mean, you can't show love to someone the way Christ wants you to show love. I mean, that's what He told Peter. Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you, I mean, are you going to get it? Because in order for you to truly love Christ and to love His church, you have to have faith that He is. Hebrews eleven six 6 says He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Are you diligently seeking Him? Do you have faith? Love may be the greatest, but it goes hand in hand with faith. 1 John 5, 4. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world. Your faith. Where is your faith? What are you grounded in? Let faith arise. Be an overcomer by faith or you will be overcome. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you enjoyed this message and would like to know more about this ministry, or consider supporting, please visit teenchallengeuc.org.